Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. This coming Sunday, we are going to celebrate a Sunday that has traditionally been called Good Shepherd Sunday, because it is on this fourth Sunday of Easter that normally the gospel is read in which our Lord describes himself as the Good Shepherd who knows his sheep as the sheep know him. This is also a Sunday that has been designated as the Universal Sunday for Vocations, a call to others to embrace that vocation that the Good Shepherd has led them to. And when we consider the popularity of the image of the Good Shepherd throughout all of Christian history, even in those times such as ours, in which so few of us have encountered sheep, let alone an actual shepherd, why is that image so powerful? Why is the most popular psalm in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd? What is there about that image? I think that if you look at that image of the Good Shepherd and what Jesus tells us is the Good Shepherd, you begin to realize the qualities of the shepherd that draw us even in times when we have no real experience of the life of the pasture. First, It is the voice. Our Lord says that the sheep know my voice and I know their voice. And it is the knowing of that voice of Jesus that is such a compelling part of the image of the Good Shepherd. I have told on other occasions the story of a very powerful experience I had actually while I was a professor of history in a college in California. The college itself had been newly built, and to people's surprise that they discovered after the college was built and began to teach, it was built on the traditional pathway of a group of Portuguese shepherds and their sheep that in October, uh, in October they came down from their mountain pastorage into warmer territory, and in April they began to process back to the mountainous uh, pasturing. And it was right through the campus. And one day while I was teaching, I heard this really strange noise that seemed to amplify over time. Well, Uh, the students began to chuckle. It was the first time I had experienced it. I think they knew what was going on. And when I finished class, I looked out, and the center of the campus was filled with sheep. Now, uh, to be honest with you, the first thing that I remember about that experience is the smell. But then as I looked at what was happening, I saw the three shepherds, And they're shepherd dogs. And I was amazed at how those three shepherds controlled this huge flock. You could see them turn 
at the sound of their voice. And of course, they were helped by the dogs that by natural uh, breeding and inclination heard uh, the sheep. And it gave me an insight into the power of the voice of a shepherd and the care that it takes and how, in fact, if uh, we, as Scripture tells us, are sheep of the flock of the Lord, how carefully we must learn to hear the sound of the voice. And throughout the Gospels, even uh, for those that uh, rejected the, uh, the message of Jesus, there was a compelling quality to that voice. It demanded attention. For those who came to accept it and those who rejected it, but still it was a compelling It was also a compassionate voice, for it is a voice that calls out even to those who have wandered away. A continuing concern for all, even those that reject him. Perhaps that rejection will be momentary. Perhaps, most tragically, it it will continue until the moment of earthly death but the call is still out there. And how we must learn to discern how that voice sounds. For after all, the voice is not only calling, but he calls each one of us by our own names. And he knows each one of us by name. Now, of course, this is an overwhelming realization of the billions of human persons who have existed and still exist now, each one individually is known and personally called by Jesus. And if the destiny of all of the faithful is to be called to everlasting life, how do we get there? How do we hear the voice? Now, I think all of you realize that we live in a very noisy time. It is almost impossible for us to really not hear the sound of the world around us and hear the sound of silence. Of course, even in the summer, I suppose the cicadas will take the uh, place of traffic But the cicadas have a natural call, and I think they're all part of offering praise and glory to God. But not only is it a noisy time, but it is filled with many voices that demand our attention. So how does the true voice of the Good Shepherd cut through all of the noise? Well, I think... All of the faithful are called to uh, an ancient uh, admonition, that is, to have custody of our ears. To what do we listen? What is it that we hear? We do have an ability to shut off 
things we don't want to hear, especially those things that we find uncomfortable. It's amazing how quickly we can fall into a kind of temporary deafness when we know something is going to be told to us that we don't particularly want to hear. But in fact, opening our ears to the voice of the shepherd is a way, in a sense, of pushing to the side all the other voices that demand our attention. Because the voice of the shepherd has a certain power and clarity and constancy that none of the other noisy voices we hear have. So how do we attain that custody of the ears? I think, first of all, we have to learn to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd as it is already known, as it is proclaimed in the liturgy and in the prayer of the Church. In a sense, we already know what the voice of the shepherd sounds like because we can hear it in the Gospels. We can hear it in all of sacred scripture. As someone once said in the 15th century, no matter how you cut sacred scripture, it will always bleed Jesus Christ. And as Mary, who was at prayer and reading uh, the prophets, when the angel Gabriel appeared to her, we know that she heard the voice through the angel and she discerned it as truly the voice of God because she knew already what that voice sounded like. So we become more attentive to how that voice is expressed already before us. Second, and I think this is probably the most challenging, is we have to find moments in our world of silence. They may not necessarily be very long, but and sometimes I think we're afraid of, of silence. But in fact, we need that silence so that we can attune our deepest sense of hearing to the voice uh, of God. Elijah had that experience of being at the front of the cave and there was a thunderstorm and he knew that this wasn't the voice of God and eventually he heard just a small kind of gentle whispering and he said, here it is and he fell to the ground in worship. Now, that cultivation of silence can be extraordinarily important for us. And maybe in, in order to assist us with it, we begin it with a simple prayer, granting us the focus of mind, the restfulness of heart and consciousness, and then wait. Wait for the Lord to speak to us. And once we hear that compelling voice of the Good Shepherd, and we know that that voice is given to us not only to reveal to us the truth of our life, but to reveal to us his presence, his concern, his powerful love, and his calling, we have to also then train our will to do that which is heard. Sometimes we may be called to 
a particular task or responsibility that would surprise us, that comes as it is unexpected, we may find a little difficult. But we train our will to embrace it because we know that that voice is calling us out of a deep concern and an eternal love for our good. And that takes a a spiritual discipline that we hope that we had learned in the season of Lent. And here in the season of Easter, we turn that discipline now in joy and expectation to training us to hear the voice of the shepherd, to know him as he knows us. <laughs> 